Welcome to the Shit Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Liz Broder. Are you ready to shoot the shit? Hello, happy new year. I'm Liz Broder, your host of the Shit Talk Podcast. This is our first episode of 2023, and I'm so excited. There's no better way to kick off your year than with some shit talk. I don't think I've ever been more excited for a new year. I feel like I say that every year, but I guess it's good because I just am more and more excited to continue going on, keep on keeping on. So happy 2023. And I wanted to touch base. I forgot to mention this in last week's episode, which aired on Monday the 26th. But on my second episode, I talked about dopamine and using dopamine to your advantage to trigger motivation to help you stay on track through the winter for exercise, eating healthy, whatever it is, whatever goals you had set, but ways to stay motivated when things get tougher in the winter months. And I had some milestone dates laid out. One of them was Christmas, December 25th. So I wanted to see, check in with everyone. How's it going? Are you getting those two dopamine hits per week, which I discussed? Please go back and listen if you haven't, but when you set the goal and when you actually achieve the goal. Are you getting that dopamine release? If not, why? What's gotten in the way? Did you start and then stop? If so, what threw you off track? Um, Jump back in. Start now. I'm here to tell you, get to it. If you haven't started, get started. And if you stopped, why? Don't be discouraged. You can do it. Pick your goal. Stick to it. If you need extra motivation or help breaking down into smaller steps how to achieve a goal, I encourage you to reach out to me privately at the EB method, which is my private practice. For those of you who don't know, my name is Elizabeth Broder. So the EB method is my way of going about things. And I encourage you to reach out. If not, how's your goal going? I hope it's going well. And you've already successfully surpassed milestone date number one. So here we are already in January. Now on to this week's topic, fresh starts and a happy new year. Why are new year's resolutions a thing? New year, new start, new me. We like to like act like we're a brand new person. We like to make ourselves feel better. So like, okay, I failed at XYZ last year, but this year, it's like, instead of valuing clean slates, I think we actually need to value growth and learning from the mistakes. Like, okay, I tried this last year. I failed. Why? What do I need to do differently? How can I support myself better this time? Clean isn't always better. This is why I think people value a new year, new year's resolutions. It's a clean slate. Clean isn't always better. That's the only time you'll ever hear me say that. But I encourage people use the information you learned about why you failed and build on it. Don't start over. Just pick up where you left off by figuring out what needs to happen to get you to where you want to go and why you failed. We like clean slates because it erases that we failed or fell short. And I say, Use that as motivation. Show yourself you can learn from the mistakes and get it right this time. Man up, acknowledge you failed, plan to succeed, and do what you need to do differently to get the result you want this time. Think about it, figure it out, write it down. So many times I ask people or even friends if they're like working through something, what is it you want to achieve? What's the goal? Where do you want to go from here? And people just go, I don't know. It's like you're talking to a fifth grader and you're asking them what they want for dinner or how was their day. I don't know. It's like, well, guess what? If you don't know what you need to do to get to where you want to be, you're not going anywhere because nobody else can tell you this. So before you answer, I don't know, 
be an adult, sit down, reflect on what it is you want, reflect on what needs to happen for you to get there, be honest with yourself, and then start, set the resolution, set the goal, set the new habit, and get started. I'm sorry to say this, but stop being lazy. I don't know is not an acceptable response. If you don't know, who's going to know? Who's supposed to tell you what to do? This is why so many people are paralyzed and remain stagnant. Nobody else is coming to tell you what to do. You got to do it for yourself. Now, on to some data. As we know, I'm a huge Shark Tank fan. Numbers don't lie. Thank you, Mr. Wonderful. Okay, according to a survey from 2022, last year, only 22% of people who made New Year's resolutions in 2022 said they had kept them by February 2nd of that year. So one month into the new year. That is fucking depressing. (sighs) But also not that surprising. Did you guys know this is this? I know this is newer. This used to be a much lower number. It used to be like, oh, it takes 30 days to make a habit. But I find this information really helpful. Did you know that 66 days is actually the average amount of time for a behavior to come a habit? So keep that in mind. I'm bringing this up because keep that in mind when you're, if you are starting a resolution for January 1st, keep that 66 66 days in mind. Expect to be struggling and working extra hard until early March. And that's ideally, hopefully, when things start to feel more habitual. This might sound scary, but I'm a straight shooter. Sorry. 66 days, it's around nine to 10 weeks. In the scheme of your life, that's not that long. If you come into the new year knowing, okay, the first nine to 10 weeks, going to be a little brutal. I'm really going to have to push myself, really hold myself accountable, maybe have some sort of habit tracker, an accountability calendar, you know me and my gel pens, whatever it is you want to do. But you know you need to go hard for at least those around 66 days. Again, everyone's a little bit different. Some people might take longer, some people shorter. That's the average amount of time for a behavior to come a habit. But if you know that going in nine to 10 weeks, and that brings you to early March, that's not that bad in my opinion. But if you're looking at it like, okay, January 1st, here I go, really got to be up my own ass until early March. And then things should start to become a little bit easier, should solidify a little more, become a little bit more habitual. Like that's not crazy. So I say, look at it more like that. Go hard. Don't burn out, but go hard and really be on top of yourself. And it's slowly going to start to feel easier and easier. Now, research from 27. 2017 showed that over half of resolutions were health related. Yeah, no fucking shit. I don't think we needed scientists and data to come up with that. But interestingly enough, around 55% of resolutions were health related, meaning exercise, eating healthy, having healthier habits. Around 35% were work related and around 5% were social goals or something related to um, family social time. So participants from the study actually believed that both enjoyment and importance mattered for how well they would be able to maintain and stick to their resolutions in the future. The interesting part is that contrary to what participants believed, the researchers found that only enjoyment predicted the long-term persistence of the goal. So this showed us that just because something is important to us or something or it's something that we know we need to do or we know it's important to do, it doesn't mean that we stick to it. God damn it. If only, if only it were that easy, right? But anyway, so this reminded me of the Holy Grail when it comes to habits, James Clear's Atomic Habits. If you haven't read it, I recommend it. I'll link in the show notes. I'm sure you've heard of it. I'm hardly the first and definitely won't be the last person to mention this book. But what he states to create a good habit, you have to one, make it obvious, two, make it attractive, three, make it easy, and four, make it 
satisfying. So the fact that only enjoyment predicted our long-term success in that 2017 study with a resolution touches on James Clear's make it attractive and make it satisfying. Long story short, we want to enjoy ourselves. No shit. <laughs> and this makes perfect sense. Who doesn't want to enjoy themselves? Who wants to, to do something they don't want to do after already doing something they don't want to do? For example, you go to work. Most people don't want to go to work. You have to go to the gym. Most people don't want to go to the gym. Who wants to go to the gym after going to work? It's like, I totally get that. But this is why enjoyment is really what predicted the long-term success of resolutions. So the key is to figure out how to make a new habit or resolution something you actually want to be doing in your free time. Because as we learned from the study, knowing you have to do something or should do something isn't enough. Now, why is this? Let's talk about one of the, in my opinion, one of the shittiest things, instant gratification. Why do we prioritize instant gratification and immediate reward over a long-term goal or a long-term reward or the delayed gratification you get from, say, reaching a goal or fulfilling a resolution? This brings me to the little dance I like to call the emotional brain versus the reasonable or logical brain. Our emotions and the emotional part of the brain is very much into instant gratification. Feed me now. I want to have fun now. Satisfy me now. I'm going to buy that now. The emotions are not thinking down the line. They're in the moment. They're impulsive. Then we have the seemingly more mature, more responsible side to us, our logical reasoning brain. This side can see the future. Focus on that. Plan for that rather than the in the moment instant gratification. So the closer you are to the reward, the higher your emotions, and the more likely you are to actually act impulsively. Thanks a lot. Dopamine. We've talked a lot about dopamine on the Shit Talk podcast. It has a lot to do with motivation, the pleasure and reward center of the brain. There's a lot to break down with it, but this is just one brief mention of it. And it does play a role because it's a part of the pleasure and reward center of the brain. It does go up when something is instantly gratifying. This is oftentimes a less healthy choice in sight, like buying and eating that candy bar at the checkout counter, having that last shot of alcohol that's just put right in front of you, or taking the subway home instead of continuing your walk to the gym past the subway after work. So the emotional brain is your fun, irresponsible uncle who comes around, takes you out, probably in a convertible, gets you drunk, introduces you to pizza, beer, and candy, and then he jumps ship once you're hungover, you've gained a few pounds, you're feeling lethargic. Now your logical brain kicks in, regretting these choices while you suffer through the aftermath. Your logical brain or reasonable brain is your nerdy, responsible, color-coding uncle, who we all laugh at now, but you sure as fuck are going to be jealous of him when he's financially set and retired 60 years old because he calculated everything to the cent, planned for the long term, and adhered to the goals. He adhered to his rules and the structure he set for himself when he was 23. There's no doubt in my mind, his shirt is buttoned all the way to the top. He's one of those people with like the button-down shirt and like there's no room to breathe. He looks like he's choking. Why is every button on that shirt buttoned? You, you know who I'm talking about. We all know those people. But anyway, those two uncles are the breakdown of the brain and we deal with them every day. The impulsive, more emotional brain that's like, feed me now, take me now, I want this now, instant gratification. Or the more responsible, nerdy uncle, logical, reasonable brain that can see down the line that's like, I don't, I see the candy bar in sight and that would give me instant gratification, but I'm not going to have it because I have goals to lose weight. I have goals to adhere to less sugar in my diet. And I know down the line, I'm going to feel so much better when I didn't cheat and have that candy. Um, I hope that makes sense. I have a few quick tips 
for keeping that emotional side quieter. And this should ideally help you overcome the impulsiveness for the instant gratification and also help support your logic and reasonable brain. So one thing is out of sight, out of mind. Keep bad food, bad influences out of sight. Naturally, things that are in sight are going to be more on your mind. It doesn't mean you act on them, but given instant gratification and the impulsivity of the emotional side of the brain, you are much more likely to. So keep those snacks out of sight. Rearrange your pantry. Don't buy them all together. Some, for some people, that's obviously not an option. You live with other people, but rearrange your pantry. Keep the healthy things chopped, prepped, ready to go, in sight, out front. Two, recognize your environment. So when your emotional brain gets active, meaning you're about to do something impulsive, there's some option for instant gratification. Recognize the environment. How are you feeling? Who are you with? Where are you? This may help provide insight to you and help you identify triggers. It also helps ways to improve going forward with people and places so you know what to avoid. This sounds simple. It does take some intention. You have to be thinking about it in the moment, but recognizing your triggers of what causes the impulsive behavior is really important. Third, because our emotional brain can be so annoyingly dominant, know which emotions are associated with your goal and your long-term plan, meaning emotions associated with the future weight loss or the feelings you're going to have after completing that workout or how you're going to feel when you wake up tomorrow after a great night's sleep. Remind yourself of why your goal is your goal and how you want to feel. So yeah, that candy bar might look really good right now, but how good are you going to feel when you have that salad? Or it might be tempting to go for happy hour, but how much better are you going to feel when you know you skipped the alcohol, you know you were early to bed, and you know you were able to wake up sprightly and alert for that morning workout because you skipped the happy hour? Like, it's it's looking at the impulsive in the moment gratification and reminding yourself of, I could do that, however, I'm going to feel so much better when, and thinking about the future and the emotions you have associated, and looking at the reward value, actually, with that thing or goal or resolution down the line. So the emotion, I don't like the word hack because it kind of implies cheating the system or like, here's a trick. It's like, you can't, there's no tricks. Biology is biology. This is how it works in the brain. But because the emotional side of the brain can be so dominant, I encourage you to have emotions in mind, ready to go for the down the line gratification. How are you going to feel when you reach that goal? And remind yourself of that. And now lastly, don't give yourself the opportunity or the time to speak or talk yourself out of something, whatever it is you need to do. So long story short, when we overthink, we debate. And when we debate, we run into trouble oftentimes. Like for example, an early workout or an early workout class. Alarm goes off, we debate. Oh, it's cold. Oh, I should go, I'm gonna feel better. Oh, I'm tired. Oh no, you committed, you told your friend you'd be there. Don't debate, don't allow it, just get up and go. Have your clothes laid out, throw them on, get the fuck out of your apartment and go. Make things like that mindless or you'll talk yourself out of it every single time. And the more you go, the more consistent you get with it, the easier it's going to become, the more habitual. And it really does just become automatic. And again, that's easier said than done, but that's definitely something to keep in mind. Don't overthink it. Don't give yourself that opportunity to cancel or decide not to do it. Now, if you're not setting resolutions, but you just want to take a look at your habits or see where you can improve, these are some areas that I see tend to go overlooked or slide to the wayside as people get busy or things that just need a reset in the new year. So some dietary areas to mention. Water, 
fiber veggies. Water, are you having half your weight, half your body weight in ounces per day? Fiber, are you getting that 30 grams in daily, around 10 grams per meal? And veggies, are you having that three to four cups a day? Now the veggie one will also help you with your fiber one, so it's kind of like a double dipper. But these are things that people easily get into a habit, holiday time, the eating, you're drinking more alcohol, you're having less water, you're not having as many veggies, you're not having as much fiber. Refocus in the new year, look into those. Now, three lifestyle areas to refocus, your movement, your bedtime, and your stress. Movement. What do you enjoy? Do you have a good workout routine? How workout, How many workouts do you have per week? Do you want more? Has this slid to the wayside? If so, why? Are you enjoying your workouts? If not, you need to find something you enjoy. And remember, walking counts as movement. Go take an all-business walk. If you don't know what all-business walks are, listen to episode two. Bedtime. Consistency is key. Again, this can get out of whack with holidays, traveling, lots of holiday parties or more alcohol can absolutely impact your bedtime or your sleep. Consistency is key. Get to sleep at the same time every day if you can. That's what I encourage. And try waking up at the same time every day. Your sleep will gradually improve. This absolutely impacts your circadian rhythm, which is our body's natural internal clock. And the more consistent you can be, the better. Lastly is stress. How's your stress management? How's your mental health? This impacts everything and dictates decisions we're not even aware of based on our stress response. So check in with that in the new year. I also believe that being intentional with certain days of the week and certain, you know, certain ways that you go about your week and structure your week. I believe being intentional with that can absolutely help you achieve more of that like 80-20 balance and provide structure. 80-20 meaning 80% of the time you are being healthy, making choices that are going to support your goals, and 20% of the time, letting a little bit more loose, having that alcohol, having the ice cream, whatever. So for example, these are things, again, different for everyone, depends on your schedule, but for someone who's working like Monday through Friday and has a typical Saturday, Sunday weekend, and I, an example of like giving yourself structure, ways to stay on top of your week is I would say Sunday through Wednesday, no drinking, minimal sugar, early to bed. Sunday through Wednesday tends to be quieter socially. You know, it's the beginning part of the week. You want to come in strong. You want to feel your best. If you can avoid alcohol those days, I say do it. If you can keep sugar at minimum, I say do it and get to bed early. Get that rest. Saturdays and Sundays, I like to say non-negotiable workout or if those aren't your weekends, whatever your weekend days are or whatever your slowest days at work are. Ideally, you're working out at least three to four days. I mean, in a perfect world, we're all getting movement seven days a week. But obviously, as we all know, nothing is perfect. If you can have a non-negotiable workout for your two weekend days, that right there is two. Pick one more day in your week. If you can get a fourth, great. But one more, that gives you three solid workouts. So picking days that work for that. For me personally, Monday morning is a non-negotiable workout. So you know, you may like to spread it out more. That's fine. But a Saturday, Sunday, Monday, it's like you have your two weekend workouts, Monday morning. That's how you start your week. Strong start to the week. I have a big thing with Mondays. Mondays cement how you start your entire week and in turn how you feel. When we feel good, when we feel healthy, when we feel strong, we're much more likely to continue making choices to support us feeling in this way. So I have a thing about Mondays. I have a thing about mornings and I especially have a thing about Monday mornings. Getting that workout in, starting strong, Get that water, get that movement, hold yourself accountable, start your week off right. Lastly, I always recommend people set at least one moment in your week to de-stress or indulge in some form of self-care. One, it's something to look forward to in your week. Two, it's important for your mental health. And three, stress management 
goes overlooked so often and I have no idea why. We have literal clinical markers for stress. It's a real measurable thing. Cortisol is our stress hormone. It's real. It's supposed to be highest when you wake up because it actually helps signal to the body and it's a part of the circadian rhythm like I mentioned previously, but it helps signal to the body to wake up. It should be naturally highest upon waking, but for some people it doesn't drop back down and that's not good. That's not healthy. You make decisions and behave based on that. It actually dictates different choices we'll make. Ideally, your cortisol is highest when you wake and then you wake up and it goes back to a more normal level. That's a healthier cortisol stress response. If your stress is out of whack, your cortisol is probably not doing that. So manage that stress, stay on top of it. Now, some closing remarks for today. If you're setting resolutions, reflect on why they failed in the past and build off them. Be honest about what needs to happen for you to stick with it. Remember, we have the emotional part to the brain, which favors instant gratification and a more logical side that's more easily overridden with the impulsive decisions. Set yourself up for success to avoid temptation and avoid impulsive decisions. Figure out your triggers, figure out the environment where you thrive, figure out the environment where you don't do so well, and make decisions accordingly. And lastly, structure your week like I just finished describing. Set guidelines and boundaries like I'm going to work out non-negotiable Monday mornings, one day over the weekend, and one more day in my work week. Or I'm not drinking alcohol Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Whatever works for you and makes sense for your schedule, set the boundaries. Adhere to them as best you can and see how you feel. Then you add in more and more of these layers as you nail them down, as they become habit. See how you feel. We like to make resolutions. It's a new year, new me, fresh start. Like I said, it doesn't always have to be clean or a fresh start. You may have tried this last year and failed. Fine, figure out what needs to happen this year to make it not fail. And the new year is a great time for re reflection and seeing where we fall short and things we need to work on and reevaluating our wellness routines. However, just because you set a resolution doesn't mean it's going to happen, <laughs> as we know from the stats. And keep in mind, you need to enjoy it. A majority of the people, the long-term success was when they actually enjoyed the habit or the resolution that they made. So there are things we do. We know we have to do them. We don't want to. That's not enough. Figure out a way to incorporate it into your life. Make it something you look forward to. Make it something you enjoy. Knowing it's just for health purposes is not enough. And what resonates with you? What are your emotions tied up in achieving that goal or achieving that resolution? Keep that in mind anytime the impulsive or emotional brain kicks up. Do your best to stay on track. And remember, average day to making a habit, 66 days. Keep in mind those first 66 days of starting a new behavior, you're going to have to push a little harder. They may be There may be a few more obstacles and roadblocks. Push hard. Pass that threshold. See how you do. It's going to get a little bit easier. It's going to come a little bit more habitual, and it's really going to become a habit. And then how amazing are you going to feel? So keep all that in mind. I'm so excited that you are starting your week off with some shit talk in your 2023, and I look forward to an amazing shit talk filled year as we proceed with the shit talk podcast. So thanks for tuning in. Please remember to rate review and subscribe. I would love your feedback. Um, feel free to put it in there, but please let me know rate review, subscribe and have an amazing week. Bye.